0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Laps Gamer Radio. I'm your host, Stuart Neil, and joining me tonight are Kevin and Andy. Hello! Hello, we are the walking wounded. (laughs) (laughs) We are a little bit in bits, and if it helps you guys any, um, I accidentally cut my finger a little bit whenever I was cutting melon earlier, so you know. How very cosmopolitan. One other little staff issue that, um, just for anybody who's a regular listener and what have you, uh, Adam, one of our regular members, is taking a sort of a leave of absence um, from the podcast. He is currently working on his own project, which is Joypads for Goalposts, uh, which is sort of a rundown of basically every football game on every platform ever. <laughs> um, it's quite a... Uh, a massive massive project so it is but um he is getting cracked on and every so often he's posting little pictures of things that he's bought on ebay and what have you uh there are some truly dire <laughs> football games within that so we wish him <laughs> all the best of luck with that um if you want to follow him he is uh on twitter which is at joypad and uh they've got a youtube channel as well so if you search for joypads for goalposts uh you can catch up with what he's doing on that channel he really is football crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he is. Okay, we will launch straight into our regular features, and we'll go with the price is just about right. The price is just about right. And the year, have got a relatively short list. What have you bought? Oh yeah, oh, I've been really good this year. This year
1: was just like a. Focused to mind and just went on completing my collection. So, recently, the only thing I have got because I've been in a bit of an Assassin's Creed playthrough, I think this is a th- start of the third game mm-hmm. this year. Um, so, I, when I wanted to wait until the season pass came down in price, and it did. We have a week on PSN, and that is the Assassin's Creed Syndicate season pass. I think it picked it up for eight quid. It's got the DLC, Jack the Ripper DLC, and a couple of other bits and bobs. Oh, yeah,
0: that's good. Yeah.
1: Syndicate is one of the
0: better ones, isn't
1: it? Um, yeah. I mean, I'll, t- I'll talk about it a bit more in- later on, but um, yeah, it's one of the better ones. Set in London, mm-hmm. but really good. Perfect. Yeah. That's why it's better. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. London. I don't think anything is set better in London. Come on. If it was Leeds, that would be different.
2: (laughs) Leeds here would be grim. You'd just have Yorkshire Ripper. Good God. Well done. You talk about Doncaster (laughs) (laughs) What are you on about? It's the AIDS capital of the north. What, What can
0: possibly go wrong? Kev, what about yourself? What have you bought?
2: Oh, well, the last thing I bought was the Powerpuff Girls team pack for Lego Dimensions. Yep. I'm really regressing now. I'm about twelve. Um yeah, picked it up for fourteen ninety nine and it was about five days after it was launched. Um Amazon must have done some sort of strange cock up because I got it for half the price that it was what five days mm. earlier. So yeah. Well, cheers, Ian Amazon. <laughs> nice. See I like this one because I posted it on for you. And I didn't pick up for yeah. myself. I just made you buy it. <laughs> <laughs> so.
0: How many of the little figures are in that pack?
2: Four. Oh, so it's a pretty decent kit. You know, it's enough to unlock your world, and it's the last of the abilities. Once I've got the Teen Titans, that's it. Everything can be unlocked. All 1,019 gold Ooh. breaks. What number are you up to? <sighs> 323.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Good grief. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and how long have I been playing that for now? Uh,
0: Eighteen months.
2: Yeah, yep. easily. <laughs> oh God.
0: Okay. As for myself, then I picked up Taxi Three on the GameCube at EDX on one of the few stands that you could actually buy games on. Um, it was a. <laughs> really good retro game stand with an unbelievable amount of um, Game Boy Advance games, Game Boy games, Game Boy Color games. Uh, it also had a small section of PS2, GameCube, N64. Uh, they also had um, some retrofitted um, Game Boy Advances and Game Boys and things with that they did. But yes, I picked up Taxi 3 purely because I know this was re- released exclusively in France um obviously mm. because of the tie in with the taxi um film at the time on you. and it was also released on dreamcast um so it is a little bit of an oddity and a little bit of a rarity as well um, yeah. so yeah, I thought that's uh, worth picking that up. So it is. The other one thing that I did pick up is Mike Diver's book, um, Indie Games, The Complete Introduction to Indie Games. Um, I had known that this had been about for a while and it just so happened that whenever I was in the airport with a couple of hours, DeWaste, before I came home, um, I was just dandering around W.A. Smith just to see if there was anything interesting, and there it was, just huddled in beside the rest of the gaming magazines, and I thought, yeah, I'll get that, so well, uh, I haven't started reading it yet, but it looks very, very nice, and I think it has uh, sort of reviewed quite well. Um, it just seems to be a really good sort of history of, uh, or at least recent history, of a lot of indie games and things um, that have been released, and so yeah, I'm very much looking forward to reading that. <laughs> We will then move on to our recently played. Andy, you've got a, a substantial enough list. What have you been playing?
2: What a shocker. <laughs> <laughs> Is it? I thought I what many. I mean, yeah. <laughs> not by your standards.
1: No, true. Okay, so I'll start. Okay, first game completed Assassin's Creed Black Flag. I think I talked about it on the last time I was on. Um, Set in the Caribbean loosely connected to the Assassin's Creed universe um, I can see why people like it a lot because essentially you're not in the city you're you going to little towns now and then but you're on the open water um, a lot of fun yeah I enjoyed it best Assassin's Creed that's not an Assassin's Creed game I would say um, and I'd highly recommend it for a lapsed gamer
2: Is there any perfect storm moments in it?
1: As in um, The storms Massive waves There's massive waves Yeah <laughs> There's massive waves There's loads of oh, storms great. That just turn up So It just sets it up nicely Because I think I think Mark Saying this is a team That are doing The new Pirates game For Ubisoft Ah So You know Hopefully We've got a good Basis in Black Flag universe Assassin's Creed Universe But mm. We'll take this further And make sure There's strong weather Systems and Etc um, yeah, really enjoyed it. Um highly recommended. It's not much of a storyline, that's another thing I'd say. The other game, I'm gonna write an article about this, but this is a really good one. This is the DLC for Black Flag, and you can buy it separately. You don't need Black Flag to play this DLC. Mm. Alright. So um and it's free on PS Plus or free PS Plus rental. Uh, um last month yeah. was it? Yeah. Yeah. But essentially this is the perfect lapsed game for someone who wants to get into the Assassin's Creed universe and give it a go. The length is about seven hours. It gives you a taste of the story of these Assassin's and Templar storyline. It's got a real powerful story um, where it's focusing about slavery. There's quite a lot going on at this time. You've got a side character from the Black Flag game who is the main character in this game. And it just features a lot of things that you do in Assassin's Creed. So if you're looking at Assassin's Creed, you going, in, mm, there's about 10 games and they're about 16 hours each. This is about six hours. And if you're looking at it to think, well, this is a good entry game to the Assassin's Creed universe. And if you like it, pick up Black Flag and pick up a couple of others. But, it's it's just a perfect game for a last game of that. If you don't have a lot of time for whatever reason, and you say, "Well, I quite fancy Assassin's Creed, but I don't fancy playing through the length," it's perfect. Mm. And mm. I think this should be do some more, more things like this because you know, if, if it's a separate DLC and you just can't, you know, but I think we started doing it a bit more. We've got Dishonored Two that separate um, DLC, Uncharted standalone DLC where they give you little snippets of the larger universe while telling their own story. And if you're that intrigued and you're that into it, well, you'll you'll move into it. You'll, yeah. You'll play more. Mm-hmm. Bit of an amuse boosh. Yeah. So yeah. that's highly recommended. Another one, Tales of the Baldlands, um, all episodes one to five by Telltale.
2: Oh, Telltale. Right. That's a logo I'm used to seeing.
1: Yeah. Yes, yeah. so <laughs> Taylor did Walking Dead, Wolf Among Us, Game of Thrones, etc. This one is set in the Borderlands universe. And to be honest, I hate Borderlands 2 in terms of the mechanics of it, in terms of the shortcuts mm. in Borderlands 2. I'm not that enamored by the universe. But this one is another entry into a Borderlands universe. So say if you don't want to play Borderlands mm. or Borderlands 2 or Borderlands Prequel, which take you a long time, then if you want to get a taste of it, play Tales of the Borderlands. It's not the best Telltale game because you take control of two protagonists, one male, one female, one coming from the world of Pandora, another one coming from a corporate background that sits above Pandora. But, and essentially, you just play through the storyline. It doesn't really get going until four, chapters four and five, but if you just want to experience a storyline set in the Borderlands universe, and if you like universe, you might want to play the main games. I'd recommend it in terms of that because what's disappointing about it is that there's not much puzzles in it and your decisions don't really affect mm. anything. So if you remember the Walking Dead decisions and the Wolf Among Us decisions, mm. sort of did change the storyline a little bit. This one doesn't. You're playing like an animated novel, all oh, right. You know, mm. but you can play it. You know, each chapter will take you about two hours, so it's not a big time sink. And it does some interesting things, but yeah, I'd recommend it. The other game, Lego Hobbit, hundred percented
2: wow <laughs> yes i enjoyed that you find it a bit annoying though though it just finishes abruptly there's no um sort of continuation is there because they were expecting it to have dlc for the rest of the uh episodes and stuff and then of course that just never e- happened
1: yeah um yeah i do find that annoying i wish i wish it did i wish they'd put it in two lego dimensions or something yeah
2: just to finish it off yeah a little fun pack or something
1: yeah also I think the way they did the bricks, I found this a very, when you're 100% in it, I found it really a pain in the ass to get the 100% because you had to do a number of puzzles to get the red bricks, which make it easier. You also had to change the world from sometimes day to night. Yeah. And it just seemed a lot of faff. You were traveling across the world left mm. and right, left and right, cross, crisscrossing it all the time. Mm. And I don't think it was logical as the others. Yeah. I get what you but, mean. Still enjoyable, hmm. you know. I mean, I've always recommended a Lego game. Why wouldn't you? <laughs> oh, wouldn't you? <laughs> the other game, well, Bodlands 2, didn't like, because what was happening was the shortcuts. You know, so you, you'd have to go to a mission, but you'd have to traverse the whole area <sighs> to get to a gate, and then traverse another area to get to a gate. It, it would oh, just man. make him a game artificially long, yeah. plus respawning enemies. And I just, just, I just didn't like it. Anyway, me and my brother completed that when we started on the DLC. We've played three of the four DLCs so far. Captain Scarlet and Her Pirate's Booty, Mr. Turg's Campaign of Carnage, and Sir Hamlock's Big Game Hunt. The first two of those were really good, a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Seemed to change the mechanics a bit, shift things up. Made Borderlands actually enjoyable, so I enjoyed those two. Sir Hamlock's, mm. oh, it was just a grind respawning enemies and I just ended up leaving my brother alone to take care of the enemies and running through them all just to get to the objectives. I was just like, I ain't doing it, I'm just running through. So I just powered my way through. And I'd say the DLC is better than the main game, but to access the DLC, you have to be certain levels. So I think one of them is level 30. And to get to level 30, you have Mm. to play the main game. Yeah. So you
2: still got to do a lot of grinding then.
1: Yeah. I can't recommend them. They're not strong enough for me to say, spend 16 hours or so playing Borderlands 2 to get to the DLC. So, nah, it's not a recommend at all for that. The next game was Assassin's Creed Unity, which took a more traditional Assassin's Creed story set in Paris during the revolution. And this was the one that had all the issues if you remember.
0: Yeah, it was a janky engine and stuff like that and graphics sort of popping in and out and not looking proper
1: and things like that. Yeah, you know, like uh, um, skinless models and stuff. It was all sorts. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So it's been patched, you can say that. Um, It's still a bit janky at times. It's crashed on me once or twice. It's an Assassin's Creed game. I think the storyline's better than Black Flag, does have a love interest, I won't spoil it for anyone, so there's a sort of tighter storyline with a bit more revenge, with you, the assassins versus the Templars, but because it was set in revolutionary Paris, I didn't get the feeling of a revolution going on, it was a bit bland in that sense, you'd go through streets where people were cheering or chanting, and but you never felt well, this is a city on the verge of total revolution, so it was a bit disappointing in that in that sense it just seemed a bit bland in addition, I know it's a different team that did black flag, but one of the things that I really hated in free that I changed in black flag but that came back in unity was enemies just knowing who you were within a se- second of you getting walking past them all of a mm. sudden it'd be like going to yellow, going to red, and just chase after your Benny Hill style. So you spend a lot of time running from these enemies. So it was a step back for me from Black Flag, and it's not one I can recommend because of that. If you're a big fan of Assassin's Creed games, then you'll have played it. But because of the theme itself, which I thought would be stronger, I just don't. And despite the story being strong, it's not something I can recommend to a lapsed gamer. I played Dead Kings. Which was a DLC, which is also not as strong as um, Freedom Cry, and it's not standalone. You had to access it through the game. And I did so earlier when I was underpowered by accident. So, nah, it's not something I can I can't recommend this Unity. The other game was a PlayStation exclusive. Excited for when I first heard this game was coming out called Shadow of the Beast. Um, I don't know if you ever remember it from 89 on the Amiga. Yeah, the classic one on both Atari and yeah. Mega. Yeah. Um so I played through the new version. Um it is on our Twitch channel if you want to watch it. I think I streamed all the game. Mm. So you can watch this. Um short, very short. You are a beast and you saw what the storyline is you're a beast controlled by these by this monster. And they're nicking babies from humans, it seems. Anyway, something triggers your memory and you start start chasing after the guy who controlled him and then you start killing all the evil bad guys and eventually you get to the main bad guy. It was just a lot of fun. Um, it's shot, but the way they do the graphics and the way that it's like a 3D, 2D viewpoint at times. So it's mm-hmm. side lock, side on, but we've done in 3D graphics. Oh, okay. Plus it's only one button beat-em-up. You know, side-scrolling beat-em-up. So it's only one button. But the way, what they do is the little animations of beat, of fighting that your beast does, they change it up. So it's quite fluid. Mm. It's not just like punch, punch, punch. He'll do a punch, but he'll do a sidestep punch or he'll do a kick. It, it's really fluid and difficult to describe how they did this fighting system. Certain bits are a bit difficult, but overall, it's a game that I, I can recommend. Um, it's a lot of fun if you can pick up cheap. So it won't take you long because checkpoints are regular. Save points are really regular. Also, within that game is um, Shadow of the Beast 1989, the original, which I completed as well. It um, did take long, but I don't know how anyone completed this game in 1989. <laughs> you talk about Dark Souls being tough, and this, this game was unbelievably tough. I had to put infinite lives on. I don't, you know, judge me if you want to, but I don't <laughs> care. All right, I had to put infinite lives on. I had to get a guide because I, went, I ended up going the wrong way, activating a mid-level boss Which I had no hope Of defeating And I was like Which way do I go? Because On your start screen You think Oh it's just a normal Size scroll, I go right No you can go left as well You're meant to go left mm-hmm. But nothing tells you Should we go left So But With infinite lives And well infinite health You can walk through it And it's just It's just a pleasure Just to Click your way through um, mm-hmm. It's just a little Bonus that you get That you can lock from the main from the main game played that and the final one was Killzone Shadowfall which I've had since I got my PlayStation 4 so this is set in the Killzone universe by Gorilla who did Horizon Zero Dawn um it's an mm. FPS this one it's difficult You Are a Mercenary and The Hellgast War so these two factions are fighting You're in all the Killzone games, you're always fighting the Hellgast. In this game, the Hellgast have been defeated because, I can't remember what they're the Vaughan or something, I can't, I can't remember what they're called anyway, nuked their world, essentially, mm-hmm. and then gave them half their world. Okay. It's weird. <laughs> mm-hmm. So this world, what you're, you what you start on is half Helghast, ruled by the Hellgast and half ruled by the other faction, and you're a mercenary sort of. Well, that makes me better. You're on the side of the other faction, but you try to find a way through, try to stop the war. The storyline's really good. It's the strongest of the Killzone games. Mm-hmm. Some of the direction and help for getting through the levels is quite tough. It's kind of quite confusing. What's interesting about this game, though, it feels different from any other shooter. Some, you know, the, the way the movement goes, the way you weapon, you hold your weapon the feel of it, it's, it is is different. Okay. And despite being a very good storyline of the Killzone universe and it's got too many faults for me. I found it too frustrating at times. Mm. It was only just like, oh, just push through and maybe looking at a guide. That really convinced me to get through. There's too many bits even uneasy where you're just constantly dying and it just becomes a mm. bit of a grind in terms of just getting through the level just to complete it and too many times you get confused. So, despite being best killer and despite being, it's absolutely gorgeous for a launch game. It is absolutely stunning. I can't recommend it for a lapse gamer just because it's too. For me, I'll find myself getting frustrated, and if I find myself getting frustrated, I know other people will get frustrated. Yeah. And that's about it. I mean, I won't talk about Assassin's Creed Syndicate, but I've started that as well. <laughs> I'll leave that for another point. <laughs>
0: I was going to say, your playthrough of that might be hampered. <laughs> yep. Soon.
2: It's going to be slowed down at least. No, <laughs> <laughs> no. <Nope. Nope. laughs> She's going to you, sleep. You crazy sleep. fool.
1: You crazy yeah. fool. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, what we're talking about, we might have to take a little sabbatical. <laughs> is, well, yeah. I expect, well, not me, but my wife. Me my that wife would be quite amazing. <laughs> I know. It'd be first, isn't it? <laughs> that's, maybe, that's where I got a bad back. Um, Yeah, me and my wife are expecting our first child Um, We are recording on the 2nd And it is due on the 10th So just Just over a week to go
2: Oh, so fingers crossed then Are you going to call a peach? No What (laughs) about Bowser? (laughs) No. Oh, ah, yeah. Dizzy. <laughs>
1: beast Killer or Beast Slayer, maybe. <laughs> beast Slayer Pidieski.
2: That's got a ring to it. I like that. Yeah. Oh, not doesn't, doesn't? Yeah, yeah. It? Yeah. And, uh, oh, don't worry about
1: it. My wife is just, she goes, it's got to have, you got to think about your surname, you've got to think about this. So much criteria. I'm just like, I like that name. That's it.
2: <laughs> beast Slayer, though. Is that going to be hyphenated? No, it's all one word. <laughs> Just
0: checking. <laughs> I was going to say, considering your surname, go for something simple to spell. Bob. <laughs> Bob for a girl. I can't yeah. call him Bob. <laughs> Blackadder started Bob. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah true. Okay. Um, for my recently played then, I'll keep mine short and sweet. Um, first one that I played has been Tracks, which is only recently released. For anybody who ever spent any time in like an early learning center, Tracks is basically the virtual version of their little wooden train tracks um, that you always used to get to play yep. play with. At the minute, it is still in early access, um, so. I'm not entirely sure what they're going to be doing with it and what have you, um, as sort of their, their goal and what have you. But from the small amount that I have already played with it, it is really, really nice and it's just a lovely, game just to sit and map out um, little tracks and things. The tracks um, you get to create um, can be diverted around um, either just a completely empty room or one that is um, furnished. uh, So you can take it under tables, uh, around sofas, and um, all your little hills and things are gravity defying and you can actually have the track floating in midair. One of the cool things about the game itself is that you can enter like a first-person mode um, for controlling your little train and you can uh, drive that around uh, your track once you've finished actually building it. Um, There's the free mode which um, is what that is Um, but there's also then a passenger mode as well um, where you obviously then have to divert your uh, train to differing stations
2: That's where it gets tough.
0: Yeah that is where it gets tough Um, but a thoroughly enjoyable game and so well put together um, you've played a little bit of it as well, Kev.
2: Yeah, yeah. I've been looking forward to this coming out for a long time. And then, of course, it comes out at the time when I'm actually playing Mario versus Rabbids, or wherever it's called. Oh, my <laughs> word.
0: Uh, one other game um, that I've been playing, and actually I remembered this um, purely because of one of the conversations that we had with Laurie and Ash at the NFTS area at EGX. Uh, she was, a, or is a, an art student, who has moved into game development, um, so her game Faultline has a certain amount of art to it. Oh, definitely. It's a really interesting puzzle game, um, but set in like a first person, uh, sort of 3D environment and things like that. And it's like a slot machine, um, mm. sort of thing. But we were discussing with her sort of how people view games, and we were saying that, you know, a lot of times people don't see games as art, or at least art people don't see games as art. And so I was trying to think of a couple of games off the top of my head and one of them that jumped out at me um, is a short game called Islands Non-Places. The concept for Islands Non-Places is that it puts you in a room. Um, you have just a sort of static view um, of a an object or a scene um, that you can sort of spin um, around the edge of um, the circumference as such and click on little interactive lights uh, within that scene. Um, so one of them is a luggage carousel um, in an airport and you can click on each of the little suitcases and um, some of them will open up. Um Other ones then start sort of floating round. It is definitely a piece of art um more than it is an actual game, but it is definitely an interactive um piece of art and is just wonderfully surreal um in the way that the scenes expand and change. And the things happen whenever you interact with them, um so highly recommended uh, for people to go and have a look at that for something just a little bit different and a little bit more meditative and even sort of contemplative mm. as a a game and an art piece. I like it when they blur the lines
2: a bit, you know and you can 't quite yeah. sh- you 're not quite sure where it is, but you 're enjoying it anyway
0: yeah um uh, yeah that 's definitely one of those games um i 'm trying to think the other ones that we were sort of. Um, discussing at the time where Braid um, was one of them um, just because of the art style of it but also the puzzle element to it mm. as well um, despite sort of almost pushing itself as a 2D platformer there is an awful lot more going on in Braid and um, we were also then discussing The Witness as well again a little a puzzle game but with a massive environment to go and explore and what have you and just the look of it is wonderful The last game that I've put a lot of time into so far has been Monster Hunter Stories. Uh, Now, this came out on the 2DS um, probably about, what, three weeks ago Um, or thereabouts and was actually being shown off on the demo stand um, at Nintendo um, at EGX. So I was picking up street passes as I was wondering (laughs) who passed with my 2DS, which was quite nice. I've spoken a little bit about Monster Hunter stories from the demo and things whenever it got released and what have you Uh, I absolutely love this game it is absolutely perfect as a portable JRPG um it is it is turn based and it is set in the Monster Hunter universe so for people who don't necessarily who have played Monster Hunter and don't necessarily get on with it but do like JRPGs this is highly recommended um, to go and at least try the demo's up on the eShop um, on the 3DS and 2DS uh, so definitely go and have a go at it I've sunk um a little bit over what 15, 16 hours or so into it now and I'm probably barely scratching the surface of it I have been up against, well I'm on level 17 or so, and through the online battling um, play I have been up against people who are on like level 45. Uh, so an awful lot of people are sinking an awful lot of time into this game already. And uh, yeah, it's just wonderful. The other new thing that has just been recently been released for it is a Zelda, uh, Legend of Zelda tie-in. Um, so there's some of the armor um, will make you look like Link. You can get the Master Sword. You can hatch a Pona out of an egg, and there's a little Majora's mask um, for your little cat companion as well. Again, it's all free DLC. Monster Hunter series and Capcom have been very, very good um, about giving away free DLC and little updates and things. DLC released so far includes a lot of sort of uh, special. Um there's a lot of it's sort of cosmetic and what have you and that's good as well, but it's uh, there's been a lot of extra um subquests and things have been added through DLC and I know they did that with the rest of the range, um from Monster Hunter 3 Ultimate on the Wii U and 3DS then through to uh Monster Hunter 4, Monster Hunter Generations and uh stories as well now. So yes, absolutely worth um checking out so it is. Um, for my recommendation, actually, yeah, probably any one of those um, are worth having a look at. Certainly, um, Monster Hunter Stories. Go and try the demo; see if it's your thing. Um, for all the price of Islands, Known Places, um, I would say it's well worth checking out, just for something a little bit different, and uh, definitely recommended. So it is. Kev, what about yourself?
2: Well, I've alluded to it already when we were talking about tracks. Been playing Mario and Rabbids Kingdom Battle. I've actually finished it, uh, which is quite something. Finished the main story in 10 days, on and off, just playing. Where do you get the time from? Uh, <laughs> EGX. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just took it down with me.
1: That's the quickest you've ever completed the
2: game, isn't it? Y- that is definitely one of the fastest games I've ever completed, but uh, it, it's far from completed. I've actually seen the final credits roll, and um, then, of course, it ended up being like a Super Mario 3D world, where you find out that you've basically just unlocked the first half of the game. <laughs> In true N- Nintendo style, there's a wealth of extra challenges and hidden stuff to unlock that means it's definitely a good value for anybody and it's such a deep game. I mean, it's just <laughs> like a beautiful nursery cartoon with, with like the graphics that look like it and cheerful sounds that disguise it for what it is, which is the darkest, most twisted, sadistic, Screw you over. <laughs> strategy game I've ever known. Oh, it's fiendish. It's even worse than XCOM 2. It's fiendishly di- difficult and it's wickedly addictive. Anyone that's played a turn based combat strategy game with lashings of RPG like this will know how annoying it is when your team becomes the same characters and you've been using the same ones all along because they're the only ones that are leveling up. Mm -hmm. Mario gets around this because with this one, you instead of getting experience points, you get orbs. They're agility orbs. No, skill orbs, sorry. Skill orbs, and you can use them on your skill table wherever you want. But say your team comprises three particular characters and you've got a roster of eight, it doesn't matter because if your team gets 20 skill orbs, then all your eight of the roster get those twenty skill orbs, so anytime you can mm-hmm. chop and change your team whenever you want they're still going to be of equal if not better agilities uh, abilities, so it's always worth changing it up, yeah some of the the bosses they're absolutely off the chain <sighs> um I think my favorite boss had to be the final boss, uh, which was Mega dragon Bowser, which was just <laughs> ludicrous I mean Bowser's bad enough, but to have him like hybrid, hybridized. I, I don't even think that's a word, but it is now. Anyway, you screwed around with a uh, massive dragon and then try and defeat wave after wave of Mega Dragon Bowser. It's fiendish. It's really, really hard, but it's very enjoyable. Um, really enjoyed it. Mm. And I think that's probably why I plowed through it so quickly. It's tough. It really is tough. Um, a lot of it I did... I don't mind admitting that I did a lot of it on easy you know because you can actually choose to go through it the easy option um you go through for each story the story level shall I say there's a, like three battles two or three battles anyway mm. you can actually do it the hard way which is to go through all those three battles each time just you know a bit more diminished because you've actually taken some damage from the last one with th- this with this one you can actually go in and press the Y button as the battle begins and it'll start you on a full spec again. It's great.
0: Mm -hmm. It
2: just means that you can actually (laughs) manage to get somewhere. And I think that's what's made it so pleasurable, you know, because rather than you having to panic about stuff like that, you can actually go in and just try and figure out the puzzle, you know, try and figure out what tactics are going to work. And sometimes it takes you a good four hours or so to really figure it out. but. Yeah, yeah, it's well worth it. Um, it's it's probably the finest game I've played on the Switch yet. <gasps> oh no, did I just oh, say that? Wow. Oh,
0: <laughs> and
2: that's it. The Zelda camp are going to be killing me now. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, well, you know, preference. You're alone there. we did sit and play uh, Mario and Rabbids co-op on Saturday Mm. night um, after EGX we did in the pub (laughs) after (laughs) we'd had some food. And it was a very enjoyable experience, um, just sitting. The Switch is perfect for that sort of game. Um, There's not a huge amount happening on screen. um, And because it's turn-based and what have you, you obviously get to... Uh, sort of take your time over the decisions and things that mm. you make and using l- one little Joy-Con each then to move your characters and things around. Uh, it was a thoroughly enjoyable um, game, so it was to play, um, even in co-op, yeah. um, as a lo- as a local multiplayer yeah. as well. Um, Yeah, absolutely fantastic.
2: I was surprised at how well that worked as well because obviously I was used to playing it as um, a portable, you know, just with both Joy-Cons yeah. connected. But as soon as we split it off and started playing you know as co-op it just worked perfectly and i thought well what's the difference here (laughs) brilliant yeah Mm -hmm. um yeah
0: yeah two thumbs up for that one okay we will move on to the news Okay, before I read out the first headline, if you listen very, very carefully, you can hear Mark Hamer making an orgasmic sound. (laughs) The news was released today that Stardew Valley on the Switch is being released on October the 5th. And is coming out at uh well, it was quoted as fourteen ninety nine dollars. I'm guessing there'll be a parody um for pounds to dollars for that. So it'll probably be fourteen ninety nine um on the switch e shop in the UK. I call well. twenty
2: eight quid. <laughs> <laughs>
0: well mm-hmm. yeah. Um for anybody who has been listening, Mark has been sort of um, extolling the virtues of Stardew Valley for probably well over a year now, and um, for it to be on Switch, I think will suit an awful lot of people, um, because it does allow for that portability and uh, being able to maintain your farm whenever you're out and about, as opposed to just having to wait each night whenever you get home
1: or on
2: the bug
0: Yeah, <laughs> it'll yeah.
2: be good with a touchscreen as well if they've
0: implemented that. Yeah. Uh, whether or not they have done that or not, I don't know. But, All will be revealed, I guess. Um, it's, yeah, interesting to note. It had been touted for a little while about its release on the Switch, um, but the fact that they have basically came out on the 2nd of October and say that it is red, will be available in three days um, is quite a big deal. Uh, so yeah, um, quite a nice little coup for them um, to get that on. Another little news bit that came out today is the fact that Sony is releasing a new PSVR headset with a slightly simpler and better yes. design. Yes. Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, this is from the Verge, um, website. So it basically eliminating the pain point of having dis- to disconnect the headset in order to watch HDR on the PS4. Um, so a year after launch, it's hard to believe that the PSVR is now a year old. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Sony, after a year, Sony is updating the design of the PSVR headset, which streamlines things a little bit and removes the previous imposition of having to disconnect the unit in order to view HDR content on the PS4 console, uh, which is one of the faffs that you had always spoken about, Kev, whenever you oh, um, got yeah. to try it. It's, it's a
2: joke, you know, it's something so simple like that, you think, why wasn't that there in the first place?
0: Mm. Yeah. Uh, one of the other things of new um, added in is the fact that the headset model is um, wireless. No, it's not wireless. It's, don't ah, be keep yeah. <laughs> yeah, it will get there, and I think that will be um, quite a big thing for people for um, VR and what have you. But no, they have moved the headphone jack from the wire that was hanging yeah, from the headset, a mess. and actually, yeah, actually put it into the headset mm. itself, um, so it'll basically be a lot tidier. Um, With a little bit less trailing cables. Yeah, I can see a problem with that
2: though, because usually the first thing to go on bits like that is the headphones. So, you know, it's going to be a real pain in bum if ever that does, you know, go faulty, which headphones invariably do. You always end up with one ear that works and one ear that's wonky, but uh, Mm. I guess we'll see.
0: Yep. Uh, a couple of other wee things on it are the fact that it's a thinner connection cable to the PS4. Yes. Um, also, it's a an upgraded processing unit, um, which then allows, obviously, the HDR pass-through possible. Um, it has a new model number. Um, it's called the CUH-ZVR2. Catchy. Yeah. Um, according to the report that I read, the... Boxes and what have you will be slightly different, but again, in true so- Sony style, um, you need to probably take out a magnifying glass to try and find the model number <laughs> on them to make sure that you're getting the newest one. Um, price wise, it will probably be similar to the current one, so in around sort of 350, 400 mm. um, pounds and dollars uh, or thereabouts. The new processing unit and new headset is completely incompatible with the old headset and old processing unit. And as far as we're aware, nobody has said anything about having a way of sort of an upgrading process or anything yeah. like that, other than shelling out the extra money. It's good that they're addressing some of the issues that people have had with the old model. Um And after a year, obviously, they've taken that on board quite quickly. But... It's really screwing over early adopters of the hardware, um, which always seems to yeah. happen these days. Yeah. Do you want to be in on day one, or do you just want to wait and see and hopefully get a revised version of the hardware? Unfortunately, um, in this case, then, yeah, the people who dived in, um, well, some of them have made their money back in CDX, <laughs> Yep. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> but for anybody else, yeah, um, it's whether or not they see that the FAF um being worth paying out 300 pounds to eliminate. Other little point um came out this week was that the Nintendo will finally close the Wii Shop channel in 2019. I I, um, so I didn't is, even
2: know it was still open.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Um, For anybody who's been paying attention the Wii Shop channel obviously came out on the release of the Wii but because of the backward compatibility of the Wii U it was also available in the Wii um, sort of emulator that was built into the Mm. Wii U. Um, Whenever you did your transfer from your Wii to your Wii U you were able to carry across all your um, previously sort of bought games and things and uh, all the save files and everything were very nicely brought over by the helpful little Pikmin. Um, Whenever The transfer occurred. So, yes, the company have announced that the Wii Shop channel will be shutting down um, on Wii and Wii U um, in 2019. Today, the company gave notice that users won't be able to add points to their Wii Shop accounts after March 26th, 2018, and won't be able to purchase anything on the channel beyond January 31st, 2019. Um, so that includes any Wii Shop services, including the purchase of WiiWare, virtual console games, and downloading Wii channels, and crucially, the Wii U transfer tool. Uh, you'll still be able to re download WiiWare and virtual console software that you've already bought, but Nintendo has noted in its press release that this won't be possible once they completely shut down the Wii Shop channel um, at an undisclosed date in 2019.
1: <laughs> With well, a day's notice. Yeah, if you yeah. do yeah.
0: We'll close it tomorrow! Yeah, probably. <laughs> Um, so yes, if you do have anything that you want to go and re-download or anything that you had been thinking about possibly buying, um, you need to get yourself sorted sometime before uh, March 26th, 2018 to get points on and buy it before January 31st, <laughs> 2019. You've been warned. Um, to make sure, <laughs> yeah, to make sure that it's added to your account. It's actually kind of surprising that it's so far off them shutting it down. Yeah, Hmm.
2: well, they've They've closed down all the game servers. All the game servers went down last year or a year before. You know, Mario Kart's not been playable
0: for years. Yeah, so it is kind of surprising that this is taking so long, but it's kind of nice to see. Again, it comes back to the archival um, of digital games and things like that. And while quite a few games have made their way from uh, the Wii Shop Channel and the Virtual Console and the... Um, just we were um, onto Steam. But there are still an awful lot of games on there that were exclusive, um, to WiiWare. So mm. whether or not any of those will now surface, depending on whether or not the companies are actually still around, <laughs> um, to even consider moving those on, um, Ooh. we will have to wait oh, and see. Come on, I have the bear keep. Imagine babysitting on there. Oh. <laughs> Can I just get a physical copy of that? Is that not the one that came with the actual plush baby yes, that you put it the is. Yes. Into? Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: Actually, Andy, you could use that as an instruction manual. <laughs> I'll probably switch it off and throw it in my corner. Perfect parenting there, 101. 101, yeah.
1: that's it. Um, so, essentially, the same past 2019, any Wii games you have got. And having to re downloaded Bye bye. Yep. 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 Basically, that That's them gone. Uh, the thought, I mean, I understand shutting the shop down, but at least keep the servers active that uh, you can actually download your games. Because I suspect there's 100 million Wii's out there. Mm-hmm. You know, some still will go on their Wii's and want to play yeah, it. Yeah,
2: to be fair though, you can actually download it and just stick it on a micro, uh, not a micro, just a standard SD card. You know, you're not going to lose it. Yeah.
0: Okay, then, time for some free games. Ooh, well, you have to pay for them. D- yeah, don't don't get too excited. Um, this is on the PS Plus um, for October, as well as the Xbox Games with Gold. Oh, I thought you were going to just start doling them out then. God, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going. So for... PS Plus for October 2017. On the PS4, we have Metal Gear Solid V: The Phantom Pain. Is that a big one? That's a that's a big one, isn't it? That's a good one. That yeah. is a good one. Yes. There's the Amnesia collection. So I'm guessing this is Amnesia: The Dark Descent and Amnesia: A Machine for Pigs, um, both sort of horror-related games. Um, there's that's you oh, again. Nobody wants it. Go away. It's garbage. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> Just leave it at that. <laughs> Hue and Skyforce Anniversary. Um the round off the PS4 titles. For PSVR, Riggs, Mechanized Combat League is being ruled over for another yeah. month. Hmm. Yeah, it's not as if they can't go and pick something else from the psvr there are plenty of titles there um for people who want them mm. on the ps vita um i'm guessing it's cross play with uh the ps4 version of yeah, that makes sense. and sky force anniversary and then for people who still have and are still maintaining their ps plus on playstation 3 yep 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 <laughs> is Monster Jam Battlegrounds and Hustle Kings Monster Jam Battlegrounds I think was on PS2 as well
2: I seem to remember oh, right, okay. I'm sure that used to be a PS2 game as well so I'm quite tempted by that
0: mm. ok for Xbox Games with Gold um, on the Xbox One it is Gone Home Rayman 3 and Oxen Free is available up until the 15th of October so a little bit after this um, episode will come out um, from the 16th of October, then it's the Turing test, which was weirdly, um, on show at EGX and on show at EGX yep. last year as well, despite coming out in August 2016. Again, I think it comes down to EGX being a marketing, um, expo. Yeah as well as a, a way of people showing off new and shiny. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, for people who didn't necessarily know what this was, they actually got to get hands-on with it and uh, see. But yes, for people with games with gold, um, yeah, you get that downloaded from the 16th. On the Xbox 360 then, Rayman 3 and Medal of Honor Airborne um, are available through all of October. Rayman games are always worth a shout anyway. They're just good fun.
2: Well thought yeah. out platformers. Great art style. Yep. Try all these games. I mean, you might not
1: like them, you might not, but hey, I'll just read all the clickbait articles that say Sony's <laughs> rubbish, girls <Games and> <laughs> rubbish. Who wins this month? And we uh, need to. And you're like, oh god, you're getting games.
2: Yeah, shut up. <laughs>
1: yeah, exactly. Yeah, you could be on the Nintendo platform. You just, Ooh, oh
2: yeah, um, that's fifty quid, please. Thank you.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay, we will round out the show. Um. We don't have any shout-outs um, from anybody on Twitter, but obviously a big shout-out to anybody that has been following us. A massive shout-out to everybody um, that we got talking to at EGX, and quite a few people have done follow-ups and things with us, um, which is really, really nice to be sent in, lovely yeah. emails and things like that. Um, we've even had a... Uh, quite a few new followers on our Twitter feed. Um, some of them have actually listened to the show and said very nice things about us as well. Which is weird. Mm. <laughs> I wasn't expecting that <laughs> at all. <laughs> yeah. But no, that's really nice to see as well. So yes, thank you to everybody. And get in touch with us, please. We know you are listening. So, you know, let us know who you are. Okay, that wraps up tonight's episode. So from me, goodbye. Bye bye So long.
1: do 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 do